When I was looking to get the logo made for this show, I, I contacted a number of people. Yeah, I was able to see their I was able to see their previous work. You know, they had whole galleries and they had customer reviews, so at least I could get a good idea of in terms of how they communicate and whether they truly listen to the customer and, you know, the end result of that, you know, constant dialogue, that constant editing process. So, you know, they had me fill out a questionnaire. Um, Yeah, most of them had me fill out a questionnaire. Of course, give them the reference photo. And, you know, from there we would discuss like what kind of vibe I was looking for and, you know, what, what they were able to do with what I gave them. And, you know, this was a, this was a step-by-step process, you know, uh, initial consult, uh, revisions, and then, uh, the final product. Now I, I did uh, compensate all of them for their time, even if I didn't go with their design. You know, some some were okay, some were terrible, but uh, the one I I'm happy with the one that I chose, and I think most people will agree that that's a that's that's a reasonable process. That's a reasonable, uh, you know, it's not too much to ask, you know. You know, if someone's doing some artistic work or any kind of visual work, hey, you should know who they've done the work for, how it turned out for them, and you know, basic you know, basic customer service uh, customer service principles. But you know, a lot of this. You know, this context, it gets lost in uh, genital cutting discourse or, you know, infant circumcision. You know, a lot of this is lost. You know, even if we take all of the alleged, you know, claims about health benefits or religious freedom at face value, you know, there's still that there's still that issue where you can't predict how a person's anatomy will develop and you can't predict what type of effect cutting will have. You know, what may seem like I guess the quote unquote standard for an infant could end up becoming very uncomfortable, you know, as they develop in puberty. You know, one of the one of the complications that people don't take into account is that, you know, it is possible to take too much skin, you know, as they're removing the prepuce. It's, it is possible to take too much skin. And what that does, it, you know, it tethers... 
it tethers the tissue that's usually at the base, you know, near the pubic area. It tethers that skin. It tethers it to the glands, which which can be uncomfortable. You know, obviously it's uncomfortable to the infant who has to deal with that for, you know, however long it takes for them to get used to it or become numb to it. But, you know, when you consider how, you know, puberty can uh, make it, make the anatomy grow or how it develops that, that, that can lead to some painful complications and, you know, to be crude, it's put in, yeah, it's like putting five pounds of dick in a four pound bag. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be some, there's, there's not enough slackness, so it's going to be tight and, you know, I doubt the skin will be as comfortable as it should be. So th- this is, you know, that's one element that isn't taken into account. Whereas, you know, if a person is actually making the decision as an adult, you know, they're going to a cosmetics a surgeon. I mean, I think I think they would at least have previous galleries so they could see for themselves. Okay, you you take this much skin, you take it from this area, or you take it from this area, and they can make their evaluations and make their own determination and be like, uh, "Yeah, okay. I mean, your work is fine, but it's not exactly what I'm looking for," and. That's that, you know, they don't have to commit to, they don't have to commit to the procedure. And even if they do decide to commit to a procedure for whatever reason, at least it's, it's their own decision, it's their own choice that they made. But, you know, none of this, you know, none of, the, none of this occurs for most most infants when they're cut. I don't even think most parents really take this into account. It's just, they just have to be cut. You know, how many, how many parents ask themselves or even ask about which cutting device is used or whether it's going to be a low cut or high cut. So again, this is, I think I think this is an important element that you know really gets glossed, either glossed over or just ignored entirely in the discourse around genital cutting. It's like, yeah, okay, you you're allegedly less likely to get HIV and UTIs or whatever else excuse people use. But if your anatomy is ugly or you're insecure about the scar or, you know, the adhesions that can happen, you know, that's another issue 
where you know improper healing just causes like these skin bridges from the shaft to the glands and you know anyway so the yeah if you're if you're insecure then then what's what's really what's really the point how is that really a benefit for you and yeah i mean that's you know to me that's that's one of the most absurd things about the whole issue is like you know people have this yeah they say it's for the health benefits but you know underlying all that it's really a cosmetic procedure you know i hear people say it in plain terms i don't want my son to have a weird dick And, you know, you know, shout out to yourwholebaby.org. You know, they have a whole series of like these, uh, I guess, infographics or info cards that have, have some good questions that really uh, they really they really unpack these statements that parents make, you know. Uh, like this is, this is in the context of the father. It's like, you know, I, I want my son to match me. When you say, I want my son to match me, you're actually saying, I want us to have matching penis scars. I want him to be missing the same part of his penis that I am. I want my son to have reduced pleasure like I do. I want my son to take on the same risks of an optional surgery like I once did. Uh, they have another, they have another one that like, uh, where is it? When you say my son won't have an ugly, uncircumcised penis, you are actually saying I am disgusted by the appearance of my newborn's body. My baby will require immediate surgery in order to be perfect. Foreskin is a mistake of nature. My son does not get to decide what his penis looks like. That's my decision. And finally, they end with, you can't really mean that, can you? Which, yeah, uh, these are, these are, these are interesting questions. Uh, I hope, I hope, you know, the people that I do show these cards to actually you know, actually stop to consider these. But, you know, that, that goes to show just how irrational the, the whole process is. You know, as, as, as I've mentioned before, you know, there's no way to predict how a uh, baby's anatomy will develop. And, you know, there's all kinds of shapes and sizes and even even the length of like how much the prepuce will cover the glands. So, you know, it's really, that's, that's what's the most absurd thing about it. I shouldn't even have to qualify, but you know, really that's, that's what, 
it's what it is. You know, I, it's, some, it's something to think about just in terms of you know, people's overall idea about their own anatomy and what others think of their anatomy. You know, if we if we take that and then you uh, look at that in relation to male psychology or even like suicide or violence, it's it has some troubling implications, you know. Yeah, obviously people can be insecure, but imagine if, you know, someone has a botched, a botched surgery where either part of the glands is amputated or they just end up losing the whole thing altogether. You know, there's the, there's a famous case of the, uh, uh, the David Ramier. It's like some sick some sick doctor at Hopkins was cutting a baby and ended up, I guess, cauterizing the whole phallus. And his bright idea was to just raise him as a girl. And uh, yeah, so obviously that involved castration and you know, raised him, raised him as a girl and give him hormones. So. I think eventually he found out and just committed suicide. And, you know, that's, and I've seen this, you know, multiple times and multiple, you know, multiple different testimonies from men who are cut where it's like, and just, and just really angry or just, just don't want to live. And, you know, I, I can understand that. I, I can empathize with that. But that's one of the things that, you know, people kind of downplay where it's like <laughs> people say, oh, you're just crying over a little piece of foreskin. Well, OK, if, it, if it's that little, why why the why the urgency to cut a baby if it's that insignificant why why the rush so on on some level it is it is uh, you know they're being dishonest but you know it's just it shows a, a lack of empathy a lack of understanding which is i guess is i guess it's a means of coping with I guess the overall uh, do I say horror? Uh, I don't know. Uh, the overall negative feelings or idea about uh, cutting healthy babies' genitals, where there's like there's a sort of societal Stockholm syndrome where. I mean, you, we see this, you know, we see this sort of thing in, uh, in uh, I guess, uh, uh, child physical abuse discourse where rather than 
admit that they were abused or harmed. They would rather downplay and identify with with their oppressors. You know, a lot of people say, "Well, I got I got beat. I turned out fine." No, they use that to dismiss the whole argument, and it's it's a similar thing with. Uh, genital cutting discourse where it's like, uh, you know, these people don't have any frame of reference. They don't know any better. So they they can't really identify where things did go wrong. You know, if if everyone's a a victim of a bad thing, then how would people really know how it affected them? Because to them, you know, everything's base value. Everything's, oh, this is normal. You know, there was a, I don't know, I think it was the, I think it was the wire or something like that, where there's a, there's a good quote where, anyways, it's like people don't know they're in the shit until they step out. Because while they're in the shit, it smells normal, smells fine. But, you know, it takes actually escaping that, escaping that realm, escaping that, uh, escaping that environment. So, anyways, uh, you know, doubling back to the overall point. You know, this is this is something that really needs to be taken seriously. Uh, you know, people's uh, cosmetic satisfaction with you know doing something to their anatomy. You know, uh, not to get. Conspirit well, yeah, I'm gonna get conspiratorial. You know, we, we look at the gun culture in you know American society, and you know, most people will say, Oh, they're just they're just in it because they have small dicks or you know, whatever whatever a knee jerk dismissal that people use in terms of talking about, you know, gun rights and second amendment, all that sort of thing. And, you know, if we even look at mass shootings, it's, you know, it makes, makes you wonder. You know, I used to watch a lot of criminal minds and one of the, one of the more common taunts that I guess the, <laughs> the the FBI agents would say to the unsubs is that oh you, you can't get it up is that why you're hurting these people and you know it just it just makes me think you know what you know in the context of mass murderers it's like you know what if what if it's you know what if it's a botched botched cut you know they have to live with you know, 
you know, amputated anatomy. And, you know, that, that, that kind of thing could really break someone, really have some resentful and violent ideas towards either themselves or and or society in general or you know especially if they realize that you know if they try to talk to someone and I guess they gaslight them about the health benefits or you know they did it for their good or whatever else excuse and and then they realize that it's still happening to other kids because people just aren't waking up to how they're harming them, then yeah, that could, you know, that could, uh, that could set someone off and, you know, we, you know, back to the whole gun thing where it's like, you know, having and owning a gun is, yeah, I mean, I believe in protection, but to the extent that, you know, they actively fantasize about violent situations and scenarios where it's like, you know, it's almost a sort of uh, revenge fantasy and, you know, makes you wonder. Anyways, that's... I think that's uh, about all I have really to say. You know, choice is important. You know, even even if all I'm saying is just bullshit and all the mass murderers and uh, multiple shooters were just they they weren't circumcised at all, and you know they <laughs> they just happened to be intact and. Sure, I'll I'll take that L, but you know, it's there there are other cases, there are other testimonies, so that's something to think about. At least at least if someone grows up and makes their own choice, they only have themselves to blame. But if you make that choice with someone else, then yeah. Especially if you don't have a good reason for doing it. You know, I don't think, you know, I, I keep going back to a 30-year-old adult. You know, we don't need all this, we don't need a whole psychological study to know that, okay, if you mess with someone's anatomy, they're, they're going to have some grief about it. You know, especially if, if it's not uh, relative to everyone else's, they're going to notice. And yeah. I mean, obviously I, w- I would be upset if I ended up with a logo that was terrible, but I was lucky. I had a choice. I was able to consult with some people and, you know, other, other people may not be happy with the choice, but you know, it's, It's my logo. Who cares? I think if I like it, then others can't help but to like it. Yeah, so that's that's, that's the idea. 
uh, let people design their own logo, logo, in this case being a substitute for our genitals. All right, thanks for tuning in.